And now we can talk rugby and we can look at the social justice and nation building hearings and Sport24 reporter uh, Kanyiso Chwaku joins us on the line. Kanyiso, good evening. Thanks for speaking to us tonight. Uh, good evening, Kanyiso. Good evening, listeners. Thank you. Maybe let's start off with the rugby because you helped us do a preview ahead of the game at Loftus on Friday night. But before we get there, actually, the box were hit by COVID today. We've been talking about COVID the whole show. How much do we know about what happened in camp? Well, um, if, if I can actually just go to the press release quickly. They did send the press release at about 20.17 minutes past two, um, where they say that there was a player who tested positive. I mean, the squad, they named the player as Lodevek Lodiaha. That is um, the lock where they, in quote, well, to quote directly, they Lodiaha returned a positive outcome in scheduled testing. And because of this close, close contact um, with a number of squad members, the entire group has gone into isolation. Um, so, wow, that is very interesting that it, it is still Monday. Um, well, we need to see later on in the week um, in terms of how that is actually going to um, go ahead. So, look, it is, it, 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 it's quite the interesting one now. Um, that it, they, they, were, they were positive tests last week, the two of them. Like there was one false positive in, um, what's his name again, in, in Herschel Yankees. But uh, mm. with the British and Irish Lions here, I think it does not both, does not look uh, very well um, on the on the spring box that, I mean, the build-up to a series, um, there are positive uh, COVID-19 tests. So um, on two consecutive weeks, there's been two, there's been one. Um, I think at some point, if there's another one, um, I think the integrity of the Springboks' bio-bubble um, could be called into question because, I mean, um, look, uh, I mean, if you look now, um, the South Africa is now caught up in a survey of COVID-19 infections. And also now you've got the bigger issue of uh, this thing, of crowds not being able to attend. Uh, but the fact that there were two, there has been two sets um, of positive COVID-19 tests. And if you remember when England were here, there was a big hullabaloo mm-hmm. um, about um, positive, uh, positive COVID-19 tests. And if you remember correctly, um, the old ICDs ended up being shelved. So I, I hope that one actually does not go down that particular path. Um, with um, with uh, this thing, with uh, tests, uh, with, with too many COVID-19 positive tests, um, ending up with um, some sort of a postponement or the stopping of a game. Yeah, well, it's the, this Delta variant that Dr. Nguyenya was telling us is even infiltrating now the bio-bubbles because you would think that all the players have been in a bio-bubble, right, can you so? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, I mean, remember that every press conference we've been doing virtually. Um, even when we had lost on Friday uh, on Friday night for the first for, for the first test, um, we did that particular press conference virtually. Um, so I mean, even before we actually get into the stadium, as I explained on Friday, um, we do antigen tests. We did a, we did an antigen test um, for the Friday game. We did an antigen test um, for the um, we did an antigen, an antigen test. Um, for Saturday's game between the Gold, the, the Sigma Lions and the um, and the British and Irish Lions, um, for those who are attending the Sharks uh, Lions game on Wednesday, also they have to undergo that antigen test. Similar one being um, the Friday game between the Box and uh, the Spring Box, I think, and the British uh, and, and Georgia. Same thing would be applicable for the Bulls for, for the Bulls Lions game. So look, I mean, everything is in place. We are far, we are very much separated from the players. Uh, even in our workspaces, we observe social distancing as best as we can. Um, but look, it, 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 it is a concern now for SMIG that uh, within their camps, they've um, sprouted over the past two weeks, they've sprouted three positive COVID-19 deaths. 
Okay, let's look at on-the-field matters now. You were at Loftus on Friday night. The box won 49 against Georgia. Was it a solid win? Was it an impressive win? Or was it oh, just okay? So, put it this way. It was the first test in 20 months. Um, and look, and it, for the first 20, 25 minutes of the game, it definitely looked like a team. Um, they looked very, very, very rusty. Um, so... But as the game wore on, I mean, if you looked at the first come of the game in the second minute, Springboks considered a penalty, um, and that did not look very pretty um, for the Springboks at the particular time. So, but as the game wore on, you could see that the Springboks class started to come through um, as the game wore on. Um, but at the end of the day, 14, 40 points to nine um, in your first test back in 20 months, um, it, it, it's a fair result. I think it's a good thing that they actually did not have the British and Irish Lions first up because it would have been um, a win against boys contest because you could see um, the British and Irish Lions are a very well-drilled side. Guys have got a lot of match fitness um, at a high level um, that they, they can fall back on. So, look, it's, um, the, box, the box were reasonably impressive, especially in the second half. I mean, I think the first scoring a try was pretty much his first touch. Um, I look, there, there will be changes that if they are able to put out a team on Friday, I mean, in particular, there could be changes that need to be made. I wasn't particularly impressed uh, with the midfield combination of a France Stein and a Jesse Krill. I just felt that um, if Pollard wasn't um, up to his smart with his distribution, because, um, you know, having Pollard's distribution on Friday was absolutely impressive. The same with um, this thing, the same with a uh, Elton Yandis. I mean, uh, Villeneuve tried to do too much, for example, but he ensured that the wide back, the, the out, his fellow outside backs, um, were able to get, um, they were able to get the ball. So, look, we all know that Lucanio Arm is the box's preferred um, number 13. And I think, I think if he does play on Friday, um, the better. No slides to Jason Creel, but it's pretty much clear that Lucanio is a better leader of the game and a better, a better distributor and just a better rugby player. And where does this leave Damien Willemsen now? Front stand, there's been a lot of criticism, like you said, just people not happy with his performance on the day. Does it open the door maybe for a more versatile Damien Willemsen as cover for the back line with, with, with one eye on the future? Look, he did what was expected of him where he was asked to take the ball up, um, also if possible, um, offloading content. I did make a remark on Friday that Willemsen, in that 15 to 17 minutes that he got on Friday, he actually played his best rugby of the season. Um, where he looked as such a different player. He's not looking like um, the burdened player at the Stormers where he tries to do everything at once. It's like, how can I put it? It's like he was around players who were, uh, I suspect, thinking at his level, who kind of got a grasp of what he wanted to do and also he had a grasp of what the team um, kind of needed from him. He was employed at 12. And look, I mean, it is Georgia, but I mean, in how he was taught to actually get about his job, he was, um, he was pretty much very impressive. So it was a very impressive showing from a Damien Williams. Huh? Um, one could have an issue with his size at 12, but I mean, if, if, if a definitive role is found for Damien and they say, you're a 12, you've got everything that you need as a 12, please play in the certain way. But if the game loosens up, you've also got um, the skill set to make a game looser because, I mean, he's a great counter-attacking fullback, but um, a player of visibility needs to be closer to a board. If it's clear that he's, um, there are better players at 10 or um, coaches aren't able to get the best out of him at 10 or coaches aren't able to help him correct his current goal-kicking roles, 
but he's very functional if not excellent at all. I mean, if they, find, if they can find a niche for him at that level, I think that could be the way to go. I mean, um, John Dobson could have looked at that game and realized that maybe uh, we could actually try a game in Williams at 12 and a number of Linda at 13 and stop this, 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 this failing experiment of Dan Tupacy and Rickus and Tutorials, for example, because it's become clear that that particular syndicating doesn't work at the Storm of Clash Western Province. But there's a Damon Williams who in 15 minutes from the spin box played very well at 12 and hasn't given um, a player like Numbers will end up a run at 13. So, look, I mean, uh, provincial coaches now may not have given players um, a run in their particular positions. may look at how they're playing at the spin box and realize that, hey, I may need to employ this player in a particular way, in a particular manner. And overall, did the box play any differently from the way they did under Rasia Rasmus? They tried to be expensive early on, but it was very clear that they had not earned the right to go wide. Um, they then had to knuckle down, but you could see towards the end of the first half that um, they were starting to get some forward ascendancy where they were able to actually move the Georgia pack around and actually getting... The, I mean, if you looked at um, Corbus Reynolds try in particular, they ran the ball from deep. They, they'd already earned the ascendancy to go forward, and they were able to take the ball to phases, get the ball one, and actually score um, one of the very good tries. Then in the second half, you could see that um, dominance had been established, um, and they could actually play the way that they wanted to. You could see that um, the cohesion of not playing for a long time um, was pretty much evident uh, because while you look at how the All Blacks played um, against Tonga when they beat them in 2 but you also saw that these guys have been playing for pretty much two years now. Um, they play from July onwards, then a small break, they played Super Rugby, they played some internationals last year. So you can see that there, there is some synergy um, within that All Black team. I think what the box needs now is um, a bit of more game time to get that synergy going, um, get the best combinations going. Um, if they're able to find that over the next two weeks and put up a very credible um, effort against the Lions, that is very impressive from the coaching staff. Okay, let's change focus because you're a busy man, Kanyiso Chwaku. You've also been covering the cricket today. The social justice and nation building hearings got underway and um, it looks like no time was wasted on a day one. But just to give background, background, why do we have these these, these hearings? Um, the long and the short of it, um, there was uh, uh, George Floyd's murder lost in the hands of the Minneapolis policeman, um, Derek Chauvin, and that led to an upwelling of emotion and also um, not the establishment of the Black Lives Matter, but it put Black Lives Matter to the forefront. And then there was, uh, remember, then Lungi Gidi put out the question, uh, not put out the question, but said that there needs to be a conversation around BLM. There was the fracas around um, the fracas around. Uh, um, what's his name again? Um, Butcher Dipena, um, Patson Cox, Brian and then there was upwelling of emotion um, from the uh, former players from where CSA's previous board then decided that you know what, um, let's deal with this particular matter, um, and uh, let's let, let's put this in place. And remember that uh, advocate defensiveness from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, um, fame was then tasked um, with um, this thing, um, was tasked with sorting out this particular process. And look, remember that it was supposed to start um, on May 17, but because of legal issues, it didn't happen. Um, and it couldn't happen through June because um, Advocate Zabeza um, was a judge in the African Human Rights Court. But now he's back, and um, if you listen to his earlier speech, um, his, 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 um, his preamble, his preamble um, there was a quote that he used um, from James Baldwin. I just need to find it quickly. Mm. Um, it was a very, very touching quote. It was clear um, from that statement where he was, uh, it was very clear from that statement that he was not seeking 
um, to 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 um, put people there. Uh, here's a quote that he, that he used: "Not everything, quote, not everything that, that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced." Um, close quote. Um, that for me um, sets out the stone um, for the, the process that um, things have happened. They need to be confronted, and once they've been confronted, we need to find a way forward that will work for everyone. Um, it's clear from 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 what he said um, that there are going to be painful things that will be said. Um, people um, will be accused of things. They will also have an opportunity to um, state the case. It's not going to be a one-sided affair where the victims come up. Um, uh, mm. um, will they just put? Will they just smear mud, smear mud, smear mud mm. um, on particular individuals? Um, those particular individuals who have been um, the thing, who have been implicated, not implicated, and I think that's, that's the correct term to use, who have been named in discriminatory practices will be given an opportunity um, um, to state their side of the story. So and then well, when that is completed, um, there will be a report that is compiled, then there will be recommendations um, to follow. It's just a case of whether we'll be able to see um, whether there's everything will be fitted in. Um, in the next three weeks, because starting today, and uh, it will be this thing. It will be completed on the 23rd. Oh, yeah. I suspect that there could be um, there could be an extension um, with regards to that. So, look, it's going to be interesting to see how this will pan out. Um, but look, I mean, the stall was said, um, Professor Andre Ordendal, um, the proper proper history guru. Um, was literally when I watched part of his, when I watched and listened to part. Um, of his testimony, you could actually see the way he was narrating the history of South Africa. It's like he actually has, has it for breakfast, lunch, and supper um, with every meal. He actually has, he has a history notebook. Um, that's how much debt that he gave um, in his particular, um, in his particular uh, this thing, in his scene setter, as uh, Advocate Zabinza would say, because he said that there, are 11, uh, there will be 11, um, there will be 11 uh, testimonies. Um, mm. with submissions, I mean, to use the correct term, from scene setters. And then there'll be 20, 23 from players and from prisoners and former players. And then there'll be 24 from unions and administrators. So it, 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 um, how this will be navigated um, over the next four weeks is going to be very, very interesting to see. Okay, for those just joining us, we are speaking to Sport24 reporter Kanye Sochuaku just to get an update of what happened, firstly with the box against Georgia and then also on today, on day one of the Social Justice and Nation Building um, hearings of Cricket South Africa. Advocate Nsebeza also joined that session. He actually described them as the TRC of South African cricket and he said only time will tell if he's right or if he's way off the mark. And are you convinced, Kanye, so that they have the buy-in of Cricket South Africa's new leadership? Because the one thing that stood out for me was that he has to report back and give updates to CSA on a regular basis. Is there no concern here that they might give feedback or, for lack of a better word, interfere with this process? No, 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 no. I think uh, uh, Cricket South Africa's board chairman, I'm also not made it clear that um, this is a process that they will allow for it to run its course. Um, and it's necessary that they do because the moment they start interfering, it's going to be clear that um, there are certain things that they don't want them to come out. One, um, the process is the public. Um, they are public and open hearings. So it's a necessity that issues like if the issues um, are fleshed out, if there are board members 
um, former board members who were concerned um, about their conduct, um, uh, the, the fiduciary conduct or the contractual conduct of players uh, may be exposed. I mean, if I, I would say, uh, I would say that if there's a, an administrator who, who may have cheated players badly, I expect that they need to actually come out and apologize. Um, before it is, the processes are actually made public. So, look, it's going to be, um, I mean, Lawson Knight made it clear that it's going to be a process that they will uh, they support and a process that they will allow to take its course. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see, um, as testimonies come out, how people react, how the public react, how the cricket fraternity reacts um, to particular states statements being made. I mean, it's going to be interesting to listen to the, I mean, if you, if you get guys like Abu Tamito Legiri and Abu Itin Baladi on other SMBD shows, uh, radio shows, they have explained, I, I think that could have been maybe on, on your particular show, where they explain um, what happened to them um, as players and their match fix and their match fixing issues. I mean, it's interesting to see how those particular um, issues are addressed, um, what is said, how are they defended. Um, so, look, it's... Um, I won't call it a soap opera, uh, but I would say that it's going to be very interesting to see how it's going to pan out. Okay, let's take a voice note. Uh, good evening, Tabiso, and uh, good evening to uh, Mr. Chwaku. Um, yeah, I've just got uh, two questions for him, uh, Rabi and Cricket. Uh, the first one, uh, with regards to uh, Rabi, I just wanted to find out if all the Springbok players, management, uh, coaching staff, and everyone there in that camp have been vaccinated. Um, and then two, um, I just wanted to know that is it true that those players who are victims of uh, racial discrimination, uh, if the advocate finds that, um, you know, evidence that they were racially abused, then they will be uh, remunerated, they will be given, uh, you know, money. Um, and who will pay for that if that is true? Uh, but yeah, I'm, I watched the proceedings today. Um, I watched uh, the proceedings on YouTube. And yeah, you know, I will shall, we shall see how the process uh, go. Thank you very much, Libra. Yeah, sorry, Tabisa. Thank you very much, Libra. Okay, Libra, thanks. It's good that you've watched also. It just helps also um, just going forward. Can you saw other box vaccinated? That's the first question. I remember when the Bulls went to Treviso for Italy, they did tell us that they were part of the, was it Sisonke project and that got them vaccinated? Yes. Um, uh, it's the rugby director of rugby. Um, uh, Erasmus, I guess you nearly called him as first thing, did say that uh, the majority of players were vaccinated, and I think there were all there were some players um, who, were, who were going to be vaccinated. No, he was authentically, and he did say that they were vaccinated. But we also need to be understanding that even if you are vaccinated, it doesn't mean that you actually can't catch the virus. Because, I mean, look, there's another variant now, a very virulent variant, the Delta variant that is actually um, roving at this particular time. So, look, the um, Rasi did say that they were the thing, um, they were vaccinated. So that's why, as I, as I said earlier, that um, it does become slightly problematic um, that um, every week there has been a player that has tested positive. There were players, there were two losses. There was one this week that tested positive for COVID-19. So um, it, we, we, can, we can only see um, uh, whether if they like, we'll have something out tomorrow with regards to um, how they'll be dealing with this particular COVID-19 test because, as I said, that the entire group um, is in isolation at the moment. So I think that will be very dependent on the set of um, test results that may come out um, either, think either tomorrow or Wednesday morning. So we'll have to see how that will pan out. And remuneration then will be responsible for that because I'm sure I had them saying that there will be remuneration. 
There was, uh, there was. Remember that there was a bit of a bit of an issue with regards to the restoration fund um, uh, sometime last year, where they mentioned um, that there could be a restoration fund for players. But um, look, I didn't catch that part in particular. Uh, but I think uh, I think a lot of that will be very much dependent on what comes out of the of the recommendations. Because remember that there needs to be the to and the fro that will come together, mm. and then from there, who um, advocate who uh, advocate uh, alongside who advocate for and they will have to put together the report and then come to a determination. Um, of uh, of whether there, there needs to be uh, some sort of um, remuneration that will be afforded to players um, who are discriminated against. Talking about money matters, uh, Dr. Eugenia Kula Amayo was also a sin-setter today, former independent director of the Board of Cricket South Africa. She spoke about salary discrepancies. What exactly did she have to say? Um, the longer the short of it, um, she, they, she, she talked about where they got a where they got a, um, a a report from HR with that is uh, with a lot of facts and figures um, with regards to salaries, and then she broke it down that um, certain players, uh, so they put it this way, certain players in racial grouping um, were being paid above average, and some were being paid below average, um, and that uh, and it was a sample group of about 34 players that they used um, across men's and women's, um, where it became clear that it, in particular was the men. Um, they were paid, but they were paid more. But then when you also broke it down, uh, some particular racial groupings um, were paid less than others, some more than others. She didn't actually say what the median was, but she did say that a particular racial grouping was paid less, uh, this amount of money less than a particular racial grouping, than another one was paid less than a particular racial grouping. So that's what she, uh, I mean, she explained, and I mean, um, she sat on CSA board, um, uh, uh, and I think she would have sat in meetings where she would have understood uh, with these things that have been discussed. So that was uh, pretty much long and short of that particular part of discrepancies that she did discuss. Then there was also the issue of Graham Smith's appointment coming up. What was she highlighting here? Um, she highlighted um, a lot of the, um, the flaws with regards to that particular appointment where the processes were, were followed um, to the T. Um, if you remember, even last, even, even last year, um, which was still on the board, she did often speak out um, with regards to um, the particular this thing, the particular um, this thing. The, um, the particular appointment as director of cricket. Yes, the, the appointment, how it went, how the coaching appointments went. So, I mean, um, it's going to be interesting to see how Graham Smith, uh, Mark Boucher, and their legal representative, um, David Becker, actually respond to this. Because remember, you need to understand that um, it was David Becker who actually wrote um, to Cricket South Africa in, in May. And that letter was part of the reasons that accelerated um, the postponement of the SJN at that particular time. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what their particular response will be um, to what was set out uh, by Dr. Amiel. So did the Mark Boucher issue also come up? Was it similar to the appointment of Graham Smith? Yes, indeed. It, 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 it was raised. She did explain it. Um, so, I mean, look, it, 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 it was raised. And I mean, there was, if, if, even on social media commentary, there was a big uh, boo-ha-ha about it, um, that there was a throw with regards to how um, Mark, Mark, uh, Mark Pouch's appointment came about. Um, so I think what, what and I mean, uh, and I remember in my, in my previous employment, um, sometimes I did write, at, uh, I did write a bit 
um, about um, how that particular process went down. So I think um, what is missing now is, is the voice from those who are being who are the thing who have been mentioned in 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 in, uh, in Kul Ameyao's testimony. Um, remember that there was a press conference where. Um, Graham Smith did explain his side of the story, but I think it's going to be very different explaining your side of the story to a press conference and then having to explain your side of the story under oath, which is the case in this particular hearing. Okay, and what can we expect for the rest of the week? Any idea, or do we find out on the day? Um, I wouldn't say we find out on the day. I know that um, who uh, esteemed former commentator. He will be part of um, that particular, those particular proceedings. Um, I think for the former sport, I need to use um, that particular um, this thing, uh, this prefix. Um, he will be also part of the proceedings on Wednesday. Um, so it's going to, as I say, that it's going to be a scene setter. So I, I doubt. Um, it would be very interesting if things get spicier today as they did um, from from what you saw with um, uh, Kula Ameyao's testimony. But when it comes to Ulendo Utatu, it may be a similar um, uh, historical scene setter um, in the same form of uh, Professor Ordendal's, uh, this thing, Professor Ordendal's um, testimony today. And I think it will be the same with Utatu Ngondepaatu. Remember, he was Minister um, between 1999 and 2004, so he may come with a lot of con- uh, historical context um, that uh, they came during his time as minister. So I think those will be one of the two um, testimonies that we can be looking forward to this week. Okay, Kanye Sochaku, thank you very much for speaking to us tonight on SAF. No problem. Thank you. Sport24 reporter is also an analyst and a commentator on SABC Sport, by the way. I'm sure they know him very well on True FM. Always does commentary and updates for them. Kanyiso Chwaku uh, giving us the lowdown on what happened with the Springboks and also what happened on day one of the social justice and nation building hearings. We should just call them the Truth and the Reconciliation Commission of Cricket South Africa because that's exactly what the Transformation Ombudsman uh, Advocate Dumisa Ntsebeza referred them to, referred to as, referred them Oh, English is gone now, you see. But that's what he said when he described these hearings today in his uh, in his opening remark. And 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 he was really fair. I think he was really fair. I think he was really clear. Advocate to me, Sansebeza, saying that nobody is being judged here. Uh, we have to wait for the testimonies to come, and then everybody will be given an opportunity then uh, to state their case. So there is this assumption, uh, maybe that's going around, that yeah, Graham Smith has already done this, Mark Pouch has already done this, but everybody will be given a fair chance here. So that's what's happening. Do do do, do stay tuned. Follow follow it like Libra did. There is a link available on YouTube. You can watch it the whole day if you have time. It's the SJN here SJN hearings. If you search that on YouTube, you'll be able to find the link and you can watch. We're gonna take a quick break there. And we are trying to connect to the UK. We'll speak to uh, South Africa's Formula One, former Formula One world champion Jody Schechter, just to talk F1.